What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. We have to get this out of the way early just to reference it, just to mention it. Maze, you have to bleep the name. He, he looks like Coach Thorpe in this movie, right? <laughs> he looks exactly that's you know at the beginning of the like when the trailer came out, <laughs> that was the first thing that made the rounds. Yeah, that was the first thing that made the rounds. I don't know if you have to bleep it out. Do we? I mean, I don't want to make fun of Coach Thorpe. No, we're not making fun of him. We're just saying like, yo, that movie looks like him. All right, he's not acting like Coach Thorpe. He's not behaving as Coach no, Thorpe. No, not, not in any way. Yeah, yeah, it just but physically. With the, the 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 salt five o'clock shadow, the glasses, and like the the general head the head shape, the general head shape, you know, it looks like Coach Dart, man. Okay. Like, look, who are we to to deny? <laughs> this is definitely something we got to bleep out. This one, because a lot of my notes, I wanted to write that he was doing something. Oh yeah, got to bleep yeah. that word, but. That's, I mean, there are a lot of things in there where I'm just like, wow, he's... Let me just say, if you bleep it out, won't it make it pretty obvious what word you were saying, thus thus really invalidating the whole purpose they of... They can absolutely make up any word they want to think that is, is put in there, but I think we should just bleep that out there. So what, what word would be bleeped out that we would... Because we're saying fuck and shit and asshole. Right. So what word would get bleeped out? It's a great Theoretically. question. Theoretically. It's a great question. Luckily, I mean, not a not an answer I need to give. I will not incriminate myself. I mean, have you seen Sonic yet? I haven't. Um, I won't. I won't lie. The strong reviews kind of like dampened my. Wow. Well, wait not, till not you, wait strong. till you get my review, motherfucker, because it is. Wait, you saw it? Yes, I saw it on <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> Hold on, Zach. Sixty-three percent critic score, ninety-one percent audience score. I kind of don't fucking believe or care about what you have to say about that movie. Like the people love it, the critics love it. That's called a critically acclaimed success. I mean, you're not even gonna like it. Yes, I. Am. No, if you decide you like it, this is just you being a dick. No, 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 no. I'm gonna like it because I know. I, I got the feel from the trailer. I know what kind of movie it's going to be. A lot of one-liners, Jim Carrey doing funny faces. Yo, that's what we're here for. No? No. Okay. We'll see. I keep it real. Okay. I keep it real, man. We'll see. We've got a couple episodes that say otherwise. I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. So. <laughs> <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. (laughs) They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. 
two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm Here holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah, all the <laughs> Podcast, we break down the movies you're afraid to to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin El Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. You never done this before. What? You never done this before. I was trying to call. I was trying to hold back a cough. Oh, okay. We'll do it again, but leave that in. Welcome to Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit that you love. I'm Zach Harper. I'm joined by Amin El Hassan. That's Anthony Mays producing the show. This week on Cinephobe, we watch the 2019 thriller. The Fanatic. The Fanatic stars cinephobe royalty John Travolta. We just did Gotti last episode, and The Fanatic uh, continues a pretty intriguing part of John Travolta's career right now. Uh, he had done Gotti and The Poison Rose. Poison Rose, by the way, has Morgan Freeman and a synopsis of inspired by classic film noir Carson Phillips, an ex-football st- star turned P.I., has a soft spot for a lady in distress. This might need to be a future cinephobe, guys. If it's scored low enough, did it score low enough? I would imagine it has. I haven't heard of it so. <laughs> <laughs> up until looking that up. By the way, have you guys ever noticed the physical similarities between John Travolta and Count Chocula? Is this a thing? No. They no. look identical. Count Chocula? Count Chocula. No, no. Count Chocula has a very elongated face. They have the same widow's peak. They have the same smile. I'm telling you. They look identical. Like I'm telling you, like fervor. Trust me, don't trust me. The fanatic also stars Devin Sawa, who's alive, by the way. The internet has tried to kill him multiple times. Do you know who he is? Who he's best known for playing? Well, uh, so I know three roles that he's that he's known for. He's he's got one role that's bigger than all of them. But go ahead and tell me. Okay. Well, I would name Final Destination, which I know is not what you're referencing. No, no. I would say Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Which is not what you're referencing. But also, he is uh, in Little Giants. He's junior? Wow. You're 0 for 3, Zach. Really? His most acclaimed role easily. Wait, can I take one more guess? Uh Uh-huh. Escape Plan. The Extractors. No. Okay. Uh, No, it's it's Stan. It's Stan from the Eminem video Stan. Which is about a crazy fan. It's perfect career symmetry. out maybe a year or so ago a lot of people don't know the origin of the term stan yeah that's what it's from right for this that's of course that's what it's from i thought it's obvious right it would be like calling a big bird a sesame street and like i don't know what the reference is why is it called the sesame street because <laughs> there was a character on sesame street called big bird like but this all just means i'm old all right yeah I'm coming to grips with my mortality, guys. It's about time. We've come to grips with it a while ago. With your mortality. Also, Anna Golja, who was in various uh, Degrassi iterations. Good for her. 
This movie, The Fanatic, is directed by Fred Durst. Yes, I mean, that Fred Durst. Yeah. Did you know he's also he's also directed The Long Shots with Ice Cube? I don't know what The Long Shots is. Okay. It's a football movie, I think, with Ice Cube. By the way, keep in mind that it is Fred Durst because this will come up in a very crucial moment in this movie. It will. It absolutely will. The Education of Charlie Banks with Jesse Eisenberg. He, di- he directed that? Yeah, he directed that. Is he directing a bunch of things? Is that what's happening here? A bunch of uh, Puddle of Mud music videos. And IMDb has him as the director for the Fred Durst sex tape. He directed it? I mean, he's got the camera. No. He didn't, like, put it on a tripod? But it's still directing. Oh, I guess. So. I yeah. mean, maybe she did. But also, he's uncredited in doing so. But it does list it, which I found amazing. <laughs> Is Maze chopping up? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That, okay. Because the first time he talked, it happened, and I got freaked out. Yeah, it was like a little Max Headroom like, situation. Yeah, yeah. It was very Max Headroom. There's, yes. a, there's a current reference for the kids. <laughs> no, I, I can update it for you. If you don't know who Max Headroom is, remember in Back to the Future 2 when he goes into the cafe 80s and he orders from Ronald Reagan on the TV screen, and then Ayatollah comes in, and they're both kind of like choppy. That's what Max Headroom was. Fred Durst also wrote this movie, The Fanatic, and is credited for the screenplay. So this is a real Fred Durst vehicle. Also, a credit on here is a man named Dave Beekerman. (laughs) Do you know who Dave Beekerman is? When you say a man named Dave Beekerman, I just imagined a balding guy wearing, like, round glasses, holding a briefcase, walking down the streets of New York in in a brown suit with a... (laughs) This is Dave Beekerman. Accountant by day. (laughs) Screenplay writer by night. Person of interest by night. So he gets a credit here. But here's the thing. I mean, he's a fucking ghost in this world. He was a stunt driver in something. He acted in a short. And then he has this as his writing credit. I can't find shit on this guy. He was a stunt driver? Once. He's credited as a stunt driver once. He has 593 followers on Instagram. And from what I can tell... He's got a wife, a kid, a cat, a dog, a picture with Robert Forster, and a picture of him licking someone else's Emmy. Nice. I He also, I found him on Twitter. He follows me. Wow. I sent him a DM asking him for information on how he got involved with this and who he is. Never got a response. When's his last tweet? That's a good way to find out. So he has a like from two days ago? He hasn't read the DM. Okay. I tried. I tried to figure out who he is. He also wrote a review of a Ramones show back in May of 1994. And that's all I know about Dave Beekerman. Synopsis for The Fanatic. A rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life. He didn't destroy the star's life. No, he does at the end. No, but why? No, fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? He destroys his life. You don't think he goes, like, when they take the statement, what happened? This dude broke into my house and, and, and fucking killed my housekeeper? I don't think he oh, does. spoiler. Spoiler. Spoiler, right. I don't know that he knows that he killed the housekeeper. Spoiler alert. Then what is he? I don't know what that is he Moose being knows. For? I don't know that Moose knows he killed the, the housekeeper. <laughs> this is one of the few. So if you listen to this podcast, you know that whenever we're watching these movies and we're talking about the characters, we usually can't help ourselves. And we just say, and then Nicolas Cage does this. Right. And then John Travolta does that. Right. This is one where I was watching. Anyway, they're like, oh, I'm calling him Moose oh, all the, the way through. Especially because the end of the movie, the movie ends, and it just says John Travolta. And I thought, oh, they're going to go to all the people who were in the movie. And it just says, is Moose. And I was like, <laughs> yes, he was. 
tagline for this movie when the hollywood dream becomes a nightmare okay there's another one all he wanted was an autograph that's true it's true that man. Is factual yeah and because he didn't get it he pushed the limits 8.5 million dollar estimated budget for this movie what but they shot it in alabama <laughs> where did money go <laughs> I mean, do you know how much money this movie made? If it costs eight and a half million dollars, I'm gonna say three point seven five. You're close, but your your decimals off. Don't say three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. You're close, but your decimals off. No. I mean, thirty seven million dollars and five hundred grand. You're going the wrong way, my friend. Uh, okay. Fifty two theaters opening weekend at the box office in fifty two theaters. It made. $3,153. But that was the opening weekend. How would it make total? It's not listed. $3,000 in 52 theaters. That's like 600 bucks a theater? Yeah. Let's say the average the average price is like $12. $15 for easy math purposes. So that means you got 40 people per theater. That's a lot, man. I don't know. <laughs> Over how many showings? Four. Let's say let's say four a day. So that means ten people. That's still a lot, man. Ten people in a theater. Have you ever been in a movie that came out like months ago and you're like, all right, I'm gonna be one of the last people to check it out, and then there's like fifteen people. Who yeah. the fuck are you people? I know. I What's get I get you? upset because I like having a movie theater to myself. When I went and saw, I too. When I saw the Hateful Eight, love that movie. I was the only one in the theater. I sat in the in the uh, in the disabled persons row because I don't know if you can say handicap anymore. I sat in that row. I put the arm. I put the arms up on the seats, and I just laid across the seats, eating nachos. Oh no! no, no, no. no it was great. No, I don't lay down. I sit in my seat, but I stand up and clap like I'm Scarface. Right? Like remember, <laughs> like Scarface watching the movie. Like you know, like, that's what I like doing. Three thousand one hundred fifty-three dollars opening weekend, and then they pulled it because it was such a big flop. So I don't know what it's made since then. It's on Amazon Prime, so it's got to make something. It's got to make something at that point. By the way, I just realized I have my sunglasses on the entire time. It's kind of gloomy out there. There's no uh, natural light in here. As Amin mentioned, if you want to listen to this uh, podcast, but having watched the movie, The Fanatic can be found on Amazon Prime. It is a 17% from critics on 58 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high. Well, no? I don't know, man. No? 31% from the audience on 242 ratings. Nobody's seen this fucking movie, I mean. 240 ratings that's nothing we're talking we're usually talking hundreds of thousands of ratings on here for movies do you want the positive reviews or the negative there are positive reviews <laughs> yes there are a couple okay let's hear them zoe rose smith of jump cut online the fanatic is a drastic look at the dangers of fan culture idolization and obsession Vincent Mancini of Film Drunk. A Nick Cage in Wicker Man level performance by Travolta plus the pathos of Fred Durst telling a story about how celebrities have it hard adds up to a movie you shouldn't miss. I mean, I agree with everything other than the movie you should not miss part. Alan of Film Threat. Whether you're astonished or offended, Travolta gives a marvelous and unforgettable performance. I mean, it is unforgettable. It is unforgettable. I will never forget this performance. John Anderson of the Wall Street Journal, one can understand the draw of the fanatic for someone like Mr. Travolta. It calls for full immersion mentally and physically, and he pulls it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. 
It kind of does, man. He does. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Like when, like, oh, these are the positive reviews, and you're waiting for them to say some ridiculous shit on them, and then they say something like, I can't argue with that, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I have throughout my notes in this movie that Travolta is acting his ass off because he really is. Because you've often levied that term. Oh, he's acting his ass off. But I'm going to tell you right now. I'm gonna, okay. I'll save it for when it happens in the movie. Just know there's a moment where I say, "This motherfucker's act, acting his ass off." Like, <laughs> all right. The negative reviews. Andrew Parker of the Gate. What does it say when something as bad as The Fanatic turns out to be the only the eighth worst movie of Travolta's perpetually tarnished and only occasionally elevated career? What's what are the seven? I don't know, but I'd... you can click on the link and it takes you to the full review. We need to know this right now. The Fanatic looks rather assured. I'd also go out on a limb and say that it's not worse than Battlefield Earth, Old Dogs, mm-hmm. Savages, Moment by Moment, or Look Who's Talking Now. Look Who's Talking Now was a good fucking movie, and fuck you, guy. Wasn't that the third one? Oh, that's right. Isn't it Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking to, and Look Who's Talking Now? Look Who's Talking Now is the one with the pets, right? Oh, I think so, yeah. My apologies. He was in it for the third one, though? I always used to point to Look Who's Talking. It's like when people say Tarantino revived his career, I'm like, slow the fuck down. Slow down. Kirstie Alley revived his career. Yeah, so fucking – and Bruce Willis. Yeah, he's great in those movies. He was awesome. He was yeah. very likable as a cab driver. Yeah. <laughs> I believed him as a, as a cab driver. And also, great soundtrack featuring – you remember the song? I do not. i give you a hint. The Beatles, member of the Beatles, had the song. No, I'll give you the name of the Beatles. George Harrison. George Harrison's biggest solo hit. I'm not great with song names. I got my mind set on you. Oh, yeah. I got that, my yeah. mind set on you. Yo, that song's a, hell, that's a banger, man. It's a banger for sure. That might be a karaoke song. Don't know yet. Got to learn the words first. What are the odds that the first Look Who's Talking, Travolta was actually a cab driver and they just were filming. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I believe it because because <laughs> it, it revived his career. Because it revived his career, like years before Pulp Fiction did. All right, Evan Dossey of Midwest Film Journal: an awkward entry into the growing genre of Travolta exploitation. <laughs> we're, we're exploiting Travolta now. Apparently. <laughs> wow. What's been a bigger impact on the film industry: black exploitation movies or Travolta exploitation movies? Oh, definitely Travolta, Travolta exploitation. Sean Burns of New England Movies Weekly. This isn't one of those bad Travolta movies that's a hoot like Gotti or Speed Kills. It just leaves you feeling icky. No, 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 no. Gary M. Kramer of Salon.com. The fanatic needs to be stronger or wilder or creepier. Mostly, it just needs to be better. Travolta, who seems to be racing Nicolas Cage to the bottom these days, gives a cringe-inducing performance as Moose. How about this, Gary Kramer? Why don't you go fuck yourself? Yeah, Gary Kramer, fuck yourself. Michael O'Sullivan of the Washington Post. The movie does not live up to the extravagantly wounded ferocity with which Travolta attacks his part. It doesn't even live up to the haircut. <laughs> the, I'm like, I'm hating the negative reviews more than the positive. I know. John DeFore of Hollywood Reporter, an actor who should retire, meets a director who never should have started. Oh, that's good. Now, that's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's, a, go. yeah, that's good. All right, two more. Dennis Harvey of Variety. This paralyzing, awkward combination of I Am Sam and The Fan, either version, plus a little misery. Okay, make that a lot of misery. Does truly impress in all the wrong ways. That sounds positive to me. I don't know why that's it a does. negative review. It does. 
Um, and then, and then this one, this one I had to include. Joe Lipset of Queer Horror Movies. Okay. Is, Sawa is the Gershon of this showgirls level debacle. He's the only one in on the joke, and when he's on screen, the fanatic briefly becomes a lifetime worthy guilty pleasure. Why are we dragging Gina Gershon into this shit? I love Gina Gershon. Let's jump into it. Amin, what is your first note? First note is, I believe is a quote, Los Angeles, city of bullshitters. <laughs> it's like one of the opening lines it is. where the female lead, I can't call her the romantic lead, she's just female and in it, <laughs> or can I? I don't know. But she's narrating, and then all of a sudden she doesn't narrate anymore, and then she comes back at the end and kind of narrates a little. All right, so here's my first note is, a quote, you are a fan. Without you, I'm nothing. Hunter Dunbar. To which I paused the movie immediately. I'm like, where's this quote from? So I like, I haven't heard this quote before. I've never even heard of Hunter Dunbar. So I start Googling and everything. I was wondering, like, is it a philosopher, an economist, a musician I've never heard of, a baseball player from the 40s? No, it's Devin Sawa's character from this movie. Yes. It is yeah. quoting its own character that it has not introduced yet to begin the movie. You fell for it. I did. I fell right in the trap. Fucking Fred Durst, man. And he never says it again in the course of the movie, but it's supposed to be something he has said that Travolta has latched on to. Doesn't he say it at some point? No, he does say it at some point. All right, now now what Amin reference is a woman speaking over a sweeping shot of Los Angeles. Los Angeles, I call it the city of bullshitters. Who am I to judge? I live here too. This place will suck the life right out of you. Some people pick themselves up after getting the shit knocked out of them. Others break down like an old station wagon. We can try to put off the inevitable, but everything breaks down eventually. Even a person's spirit. Did you transcribe this? Man, I pause this movie a lot. As she's talking, John Travolta is wearing a helmet and a backpack, and he's on a scooter. I stood up. Not quite like Scarface, I mean. I didn't stand up and applaud. But I stood up. I got so excited. I stood up like like when Chris Cody gets animated in the shipping container on Levitard's show. That's what I felt like. I stood up. I started like kind of rocking back and forth, side to side. Absolutely. I get excited. I put every Travolta movie features gratuitous cussing and all too self-important monologues. Yeah, that's true, actually, right? Because you did the Gotti one. Swordfish. His head is so fucking big it's huge it's huge it is a huge head quite the melon after she says even a person's spirit oh but moose he's unbreakable he's unbreakable <laughs> and then there's a chalk drawing of him on a scooter in hollywood uh-huh he walks into a shop and i my note is why is he walking like this he's walking <laughs> i know why he's walking like that i'm gonna tell you in a second but my note first of all was did this wig come from the collection as well the wig, if you haven't seen it, the wig is basically <laughs> is like a Caesar up front yeah. and then like a <laughs> mullet in the back. But a lazy mullet. He's like the size, his temples are faded up or at least attempting to. So I just said, this is like the most elaborate wig I've ever seen in my life. We can get the trivia out of the way. There are only two things of trivia in this movie. One, it was filmed <laughs> in and around Birmingham, Alabama, simultaneously with Trading Paint, another movie he's in in 2019, yes. which I that's then right. wrote that double-dipping son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. That's how you get it done. And then the other bit of trivia is John Travolta wore a wig. <laughs> that's it. That's and it. They put that in there. Yes, they did. <laughs> So I wrote, he's walking like a broken down strongman competition veteran. Did John Travolta think that he was playing an actual moose? Is he doing a moose's <laughs> gait? I don't 
know. I don't know why he's walking like this. A shop worker calls him Chocolate Moose, and he says, I can't talk too long. I got to poo. And that's why I thought he was walking like that. Oh, that's why. Why is he walking like that? He's like, oh, I got to poo. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that, that makes sense. He says he's going to a party tonight with Hunter Dunbar. The shop worker is incredulous. He says, I got invited to the cast and crew party of the Friday Night Killer. See, this is, this is the part where I'm a little upset that you Googled Hunter Dunbar. Because I wanted you to have the same experience I had, which is Hunter Dunbar. Who the fuck is Hunter Dunbar? Was he some writer or some shit like that? I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. Like, and then, oh, shit. There's somebody in this fucking movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, we find out that Hunter is coming to that very store. It's like a memorabilia store. To which he says, you're the moose. You don't know that? What does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? You're the moose. <laughs> By the way, this is when he when he goes off on him, like, how could you not tell me these things? Right? That's where I put he's acting his ass off. <laughs> he is. He is. My my next note. He is acting his ass off this Travolta I Renaissance. <laughs> I told you, man. Yo, he is. I don't know if it's offensive what he's doing in this movie, but he's doing it. Whatever it is. I hate you guys. What? Why do you hate us? He was acting his ass off. No. Maze, what's wrong? Dude, he was acting his ass off. Acting his ass off is such an arbitrary... Like, why is he acting his ass off? It's not a good thing all the time. He's in the character. What are you talking about, Maze? He's in He's in the mix. He's all the way yeah. in Yeah. Ten toes deep. Yeah. He's in the jungle. He's chopping down <laughs> branches. He's making his own path, baby. He's about this life. Yeah. He's a muse machete. He is the character. Method acting. <laughs> I love method acting. John Travolta isn't Moose. Moose is John Travolta. There is no difference between Moose and John Travolta. It's Moose Travolta. M-E-T-H-O-D acting. We get this exchange. Ghost Train is so typical. I need something. I need something rememberable. Yes. Is that a word, Moose? Yes. And, and I like that, that they addressed that immediately. He's freaking out over this leather vest with Rico spelled out in rhinestones on it. It's $800. He wants a discount because he spends so much money in that store. He only has $300. The shop owner says, I want your $300. I want you to pay it by the end of this year. To which he says, yes, sir. Yeah, he says, yes, sir. And that was the moment where I said, Oh, is he? <laughs> is he what, I mean? <laughs> is he Moose or is he John Travolta? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck pussy cunt shit. Twi- <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing this vest on Hollywood Boulevard. He takes a selfie with it. I could watch him ride a scooter all fucking day, guys. I really could. By the way, he's giving people the finger while he's mopeding, which I thought was just tremendous, tremendous craftsmanship. We get a Hunter Dunbar, John Travolta scooter montage credits opening. It, what, at one point, is he air humping while he's riding the scooter? Looks like it. To which my next note is, there's only an hour and 15 minutes left in this movie. I already need more. Oh, that was the first scene. 
That, remember, I texted you guys immediately. I said, this is already the greatest first scene in the history of the show. It is. The, like, as an opening scene, like, welcome to this movie. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than this. Maze, we're in it. Like, what? Like, I don't understand why you're upset about us saying he's acting his ass off. Like, we're in this. He's at home now. He hangs up the vest. He kisses it. He kissed it. He's a hoarder, by the way. Oh, yeah. He's practicing meeting Hunter Dunbar in the mirror. He's wearing a shirt that can only be described as Tommy Bahama fucked a parrot. Oh, I just put Tommy Bahama. Like, I think <laughs> you're right. going. You're, now you're one of those critics who like to go over the top. Relax. All right. All right. He says, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dunbar. I have every single one of your VHSs and DVDs. It's the one and only shirt, but I can tell you where to get it, but you can't get it any there. There you go. There's a woman talking again, blaming herself, saying she wanted to be a good friend. It's a photographer who is late. She asks if he brought uh, cutters, and he hands her scissors. Nice. She says she meant bolt cutters. He doesn't know what those are. He wants to know if Hunter's going to like his shirt. He also says it's his best horror shirt. He's wearing New Balances, by the way. I don't know if you picked up on he that. Yes, I did. Great by the costume department. It's fantastic. Like, um, Wardrobe really did it. He scales this tall fence with her, falls over into the garbage. He's asking if he's okay. No, he says, am I all right? He's on the other side of the fence, mind you. I don't know how she would know. But then he says very quickly to the more important part, is the shirt all right? I mean, it's because he's he's in the party now. Uh, bartender asks if he can get him a drink. Uh, he asks for a strawberry milkshake with real ice cream. Yes. And the bartender says, we don't have that. And I said... Why don't bars have milkshakes? That's a great question. Oh, especially you could just, like, throw some alcohol into it. You can make them a booze shake. Look, we go every year to Summer League in Vegas. Yeah. At least one of those nights we'll go to Holstein's, which yeah. is that burger spot in uh, – it's in Cosmo, right? Cosmo, yeah. At Holstein, they have the hard milkshakes. And you've got the ones on the menu, and I discovered you can just tell them, give me this kind of milkshake and pour this kind of liquor in it. And they'll do it. Oh, yeah, they'll do whatever. And that's why I said, you know what? I'm with you. Moose, why aren't there milkshakes at bars? He smells the appetizers and gags. How does he smell it, though, Zach? He sticks his whole goddamn face into a bowl of food. I'm sensing tension between Maze and Moose. What? It's not between me and Moose. <laughs> we just had a mean going devil's advocate on ordering a strawberry milkshake at a cocktail bar. <laughs> Sir, that's, that's not devil's advocate. I am advocate advocate. Yeah. <laughs> That's God's advocate. From a mean's mouth to God's ears. Put some fucking milkshakes at bars. Really? Like, you you want to double your business? They'd rather muddle me up a mojito or just scoop some fucking ice cream and put it in a blender. And then pour liquor in it. Exactly. All right, he spots this woman. He goes up to her and repeats, excuse me, Amanda, excuse me, Amanda. He compliments her movie and uh, and her. And then this other woman says that she loves his shirt. He says it's the only one in the world. He asks her where Hunter Dunbar is, and she says his son's elementary school play. He starts slapping his forehead in a certain way and goes to get something out of his backpack, to which then security comes over and says, no outside bags allowed. He's trying to get Amanda's autograph. Security escorts him out as he yells out for the photographer. And that's when I wrote, this is what Fred Durst thinks of his fans, or stalkers, or both. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Leah is now, uh, Leah's the photographer. She's now banging on the apartment door. She's admonishing him for his behavior. He calls Amanda a celebutard. Is that cool? Like, are we allowed to do this? Is he allowed to say it in this movie? Is celebutard a thing? I mean, it might be. I don't know. I've never heard it until this movie, but I will, I'm, I'm open to it. Okay. No, it's like rememberable. <laughs> he makes up words. Yeah, maybe he does. He's, I, he's a trendsetter, if you ask me. 
I, I just I think he's so far in this movie he's a hero. He's pissed that Hunter wasn't there. He's flipping her off as she tries to get something out of the fridge. She does it back to him, and he likes it. Oh, I mean, he loves it. I can do what I want. You're not my mom. When she's talking to him about that, says, not a good look, Moose, right? That whole speech, I said, there's a moment of tension, and I was like, is she? Is she going to fuck him? Like, there was a tension there right before she went to the fridge. Oh, did y'all not feel? Okay. No, there okay. was. No, there was there was, I probably didn't feel it as strongly as you did, but yeah, I definitely thought that at one point. I thought like they're gonna fuck. Like I was like, okay, Moose, go ahead. Now, now we know why they call him Moose. Well, we're gonna find out why they call him Moose later in the movie. There's a scene. Do we? Yo, oh, well, not why they call him Moose, but why? I mean, uh, he's happy about that name. Let's see. He's in the bathroom putting on a uniform, uh, a constable, like a a British constable's uniform, right? Um, yelling poppycock in a British accent and he puts on a fake mustache. Oh, yes, yes. He's apparently a character on Hollywood Boulevard, to which I wrote the words on all caps, fuck me. Like, he, Maze, he's in it. He's acting his ass off. Wait, Moose or John Travolta? Yes. Let me just say that poppycock needs to be in the intro to this show. Poppycock. Poppycock. Because he's just yelling at him, like, what the fuck? I would also like to add him saying, Is that the quine? Like, at first, I was like, Poppy Gog, oh, that has to be in there. And then as the movie went on, I was like, so much of this has to be in the intro of the show. Almost to the point where the intro of the show will be longer than the show itself. <laughs> Which, it's going to be saying something at this point. We're getting, like, a split screen here, you know, cut back and forth of him practicing his shtick as a as a British police officer in the mirror, and then we see him doing it on the street. He's being overshadowed by someone named Todd the God, who's a street illusionist. Todd the God. Todd the God. I feel like that's Amin's favorite character in this movie is Todd the God. Oh, he's a, he was a douche, though. Like, I didn't like him picking on Moose. My favorite character was Moose. Okay. Todd puts a nail through his nose while another guy pick, pickpockets the crowd around him. Todd and his partner Slim get in a fight and they split ways to which then Todd calls Moose over and he wants him to be the pickpocket. He wants to partner up. Now, I've said right here, never seen a crowd this enthused for a street magic show. Like before he even did any magic, everybody was clapping like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, I, I don't I don't know. And then the, the idea that Todd's accomplice was upset that Todd doesn't have to rob anybody. Yeah, like, does he not get the show? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, yo, do you not get how this shit works? How the fuck is he going to pickpocket people while he's putting a nail through his nose? Also, I don't see you doing any of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I got another note here. In and of itself, it doesn't make any sense. When I wrote it, it made sense. It's real and it's hard. Is that a line? Was that a text that you were supposed to send? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> could be well don't you dare skip over the line you don't respect the boulevard right. you don't respect the fans yes I, yeah, I definitely have that and that was another one that needs to be in the show intro I don't want to Todd you don't respect the boulevard and you don't respect the fans and by the way I, at this point I have to explain if you are not from LA if you've never been to LA Hollywood Boulevard, which is the place where you see the the, star, the Walk of Fame yeah, with all the stars in there. It's like, it's something that all of us out-of-towners think, like, ooh, that's such a tourist attraction. We should go there. It should be so fun. Man Chinese Theater and all these things are there. Yes, they are. But it is literally a disgusting part of town. 
with a bunch of hobos dressed as, oh, I don't know, fake British police officers <laughs> accosting you at all times to come take a picture with them so that they can then charge you money for this. These people are dirty. There are stains all over their Spider-Man costumes and shit like that. It is a gross place to be. And for Moose to say you don't respect the boulevard was just such a, like, it dropped me out of my chair. You don't respect the what? It made me like him more. The fact that he still believes in the boulevard. I mean, there's heart in that. There's real heart in that, in that sentiment. Now we're at the store. He's in line for Hunter, uh, to which I wrote, for Devin Sawa's character, for Hunter Dunbar, they definitely wrote this for Jeremy Renner, right? Like, they were hoping Renner would take this part. Was he supposed to? Was that, did they I don't know. It just feels like this is... Oh, that Jeremy Renner would be that kind of douche? I don't know if it was kind of a douche. Like, Hunter, like Dunbar, Hunter Dunbar's a douche. But I Hunter feel like Dunbar's Renner... Renner well, Renner in, in the town is a douche, right? Like, he's a, he's a Southie douche, but he's a douche. No, no. I'm more, like, it has to be someone who's an actual douche, I think. Renner would have been good in the part, but I think that they wrote it for Devin Sawa. <laughs> Say less. It's just like I watched Honey Boy on my flight to Miami. Okay. That shit was good, by the way. It's good? I'm going to watch it next. It's an excellent movie. It's an excellent movie. It's, it's loosely based on Shia LaBeouf's life and, like, his relationship with his dad. And his dad is, like, a real, like, fucked up dude. And then I was like, this is the least of a stretch that Shia LaBeouf has ever had to do. Because, first of all, we can all act like our fathers. Unless you don't know who your dad is. I'm sorry if that's the case. But... If you know, if you grew up around your dad, all of us know how to act like our dads. But, like, if my dad was, like, a douche, like, I could act the shit out of that part if I were Shia LaBeouf. Like, it's not a stretch at all. No? Oh, big Shia LaBeouf fans. Okay. Not sure. Let's go back to the movie then. I'm not a Shia LaBeouf fan. I've heard he's been good lately and stuff, like Peanut Butter Boy or whatever that is. Peanut Butter Falcon. All right, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I was way off. No, he's good in Honey Boy. He's a good actor. Like, like you can't take that away from him. He's a, a very good actor. Yeah, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. That wasn't his fault. He's a good actor. I see what you're saying, though. I mean, anybody should, if anybody could play your dad, it should be the son. It should be you. But also, if it's a dad who's a douchebag and you are in real life a douchebag. It's like two levels of, I didn't have to act. Isn't there a level of self-awareness you need to have to recognize that you're a douchebag playing a douchebag? No, because if you're playing your dad, it's like it's pretty easy. Okay. All right. You don't recognize it, probably. Two weeks after he got released from rehab, then they started shooting Honey Boy. Like, he's fresh off that shit, man. I want to talk about Moose. Moose isolates on Hunter while he's in line. He sees only him in there. He's fantasizing about Hunter noticing him and calling him over. He smiles. Uh, he finally gets to the front of the line, and as he gets to the front of the line to get his his vest sign, he's, he's pulling out all this shit for Hunter to sign, really going above and beyond. Hunter gets called to the back to speak to a woman named Brenda. And Moose is freaking the fuck out, guys. Uh-huh. Brenda's out there with Hunter's kid. He's supposed to watch the kid while she goes on a date. Moose, hashtag NBA Twitters his way into the conversation at the car. Yes, he, he does. Just barges in. That's, oh, oh, that's your translation of the note I sent you. What note you sent me? Of who he reminds you of. Oh. That's very that's very true. To which he said Hunter says, Take it easy, buddy, and he goes, I sure will. Yeah. I mean, just with earnest. Just absolutely earnestly just says, I sure will. 
Uh, Hunter tries to be understanding, saying, uh, and then Brenda says that he's full of shit. Now Moose is hounding him and being annoying, and Hunter says that he's done signing. And he says, I'm on your side. I like that. Also, did you notice when he's waiting in line to get his autograph from Hunter Dunbar, there's a guy there wearing a Shane Falco jersey? No, I didn't notice that. It might be, now that I think about it, it might have been like the proprietor of of the shop. But there is definitely a Shane Falco jersey. Oh, he is wearing a jersey. Yeah, I think that is a Sentinels, a Washington Sentinels. It's absolutely a Shane. I, I saw the name Falco. It's the same color scheme, everything. Oh, I missed that. Fuck, that would have excited me. I got to watch it again now. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Felt like that was like a, a, a nuance that they really threw out there. Yeah, it's a nice little Easter egg there. Yeah. Then Hunter gets mad. He says, how about I sign your face with my fucking fist? That's a collector's item you're not going to want to take home. Trust me. It's a hard line, man. Maybe, you, maybe that's where you said it's real and it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, I think that uh, Moose would have taken that home. I think you would have. Uh, Lee and Moose are now some, out somewhere. He asks her how they find celebrity houses, uh, to which, I again, I write Travolta acting his ass off. Mace, how do you not? This is an all-time performance. All-time what? <laughs> <laughs> she tells him about the Star Map app. He goes through it, and the celebrities on there are... Jack Torrance, who's the character from The Shining. Yeah. And Tyler Durden, who's obviously from Fight Club. Those are the names on the app. He says he's going to download it, and she says to promise he'll be careful so he won't be accused of stalking. Moose is freaking out about finding all these star homes. For real, like, come on. You got to know your audience. James Franco is practically his neighbor because he lives 15 minutes away. Which, actually, in L.A., that's not not incorrect, necessarily. Except, Except for the 15 minutes part. He might be next door. That's not 15 minutes away. He's writing a letter to Hunter, and he's not happy with it. He's really struggling with this letter. And I wrote, oh, my God, this is turning into Stand by Eminem. Did you know at that time that your boy was in in, uh, Stand? Yeah. Okay. He wants Hunter to be respectful to fans because without them, he's nothing. Also asked to sign the vest and follow him on social media in this letter. He's now found Hunter's house. He takes a selfie in front of the house. I I could watch him take selfies all day, by the way. I just love the process. Yeah. I love the way he holds the phone. Like, it's just. Yeah. He holds the phone like a complete. Uh... Well, now Hunter's running down the street with this kid riding a bike. Moose says hi to the kid. Hunter's not happy. He threatens him with trouble. He won't accept the letter at his home. He says he'll give him his autograph. He finally relents, takes the marker from, from Moose, and writes Hunter across the Hawaiian shirt. Hard. In a very aggressive way. A real like a hard very way. stabby way. Maybe that's what you meant, real and hard. No, I put Hunter Dunbar is a prick. He is a prick. I mean, sure, he's being stalked. Like, at that point, I thought he could have just signed the autograph and that was it. Like, up until that point, I was on his side. Moose is kind of like a fucking, like, socially inept jerk. But then I was like, at that point, I was like, wait a second. Like, you didn't have to do that, dude. He didn't. No, it was, it was, it was too harsh. I definitely thought he got stabbed and had to rewind to look at it again. Now we're back to being a constable in the bathroom. Moose is struggling, man. He's, he's really struggling. He's selling out Todd to a random fan on the street, telling him how bad he is. Now Todd starts fucking with Moose in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite scenes. He's slapping him with a wad of money. They're threatening him to say uh, to not say anything about stealing money. And thankfully, a security guard comes in and breaks it all up. This is how they accost Moose. What's up, fucking gay lord? <laughs> Which is, I mean, it's so unsophisticated. And it still made me laugh. And then uh, 
when uh, they're trying to get him to do, say, would you like to do these honors? I think that's when they're about to kick his ass, right? The security guard comes in and it's like, why you let them boys treat you like that? And I call them fucking Mayor Goldie Wilson and shit. Mayor Goldie Wilson, if you if you recall, was in Back to the Future uh, when Marty goes back in time. <laughs> what a fucking pull! Oh my god! When Marty walks into the cafe in yeah. the, in in the 1950s and they fuck with George McFly, Goldie Wilson at this point is just a clerk working in the cafe. Say, what do you let those boys push you around like that for? Well, they're bigger than me. Stand tall, boy. Have some respect for yourself. Don't you know if you let people walk over you now, they'll be walking over you for the rest of your life. Look at me. You think I'm going to spend the rest of my life in this slop house? Watch it, Goldie. No, sir. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to night school, and one day I'm going to be somebody. That's right. He's going to be mayor. Yeah, I'm going to Mayor, now that's a good idea. <laughs> it's the same exact speech. It's also a black dude. It's perfect. The only difference is Marty says, that's right, he's going to run for mayor one day. And Goldie Wilson says, mayor, I could run for mayor. Mr. Carruthers comes by like, a colored mayor, that'll be the day. <laughs> and Goldie Wilson says, you watch, Mr. Carruthers. I'll be mayor one day. I'll be the greatest mayor in Hell Valley, and I'll clean this town up. And then uh, Mr. Carruthers says, good, you can start by sweeping the floor and hands him a broom, which I thought was very convenient. And then Goldie Wilson grabs the broom, but then he kind of like, really like pops his collar and walks away and says, Mayor Goldie Wilson, I like the sound of that, which of course is implying that the only way that a black man can reach, you know, political achievement in this country is if it's a white man's idea first. Marty McFly. Well, you really teen wolfed this thing. I sure did. <laughs> As a trend, did all these Michael J. Fox movies. Oh, maybe Michael J. Fox is a racist. Yes. Secret racist. Yeah, secret racist. All right, security guard breaks it up. The guard tells him he needs to learn how to stand up for himself and fight back. Now we've got Moose back at Hunter's house. He's waiting with the letter. Uh, he kind of runs around the perimeter of the bushes. He's trying to climb a small metal fence, and he, he kind of falls over and makes it to the other side. He sees a dead rose in a potted plant outside. And as he's looking at it, wondering why Hunter would let this thing die, uh, a maid bangs on the window telling him to get out of there. And he runs away, but he drops the letter in the yard, guys. He goes to a cafe where Leah is taking pics. She's mad that he went to the house and calls him a stalker, to which he yells, I'm not a stalker. I'm a fan, Leah. Yes. Maze, he delivers. How do you not see this? <laughs> I got nothing for you guys. Oh my god, yeah, this is ex- exhausting. Todd heads him off at an alley as he walks away, or wants him to help him steal money. Todd mocks him and calls him a pussy. Says he doesn't have balls. He's pushing him. Then Moose goes full Latrell Sprewell, two hand <laughs> choke on the neck. I wish Freddy Krueger would come and chop off your head, and it would roll in the street. And a trunk would squish it, and the blood would splatter everywhere, and everyone would watch it. <laughs> Moose, uh, Moose delivering that mythical uh, uh, strength of uh... yeah. Uh, he lets Todd go, <laughs> storms off. <laughs> the security guard is there for some reason. All these people he, just hang out around each other at all times, and he applauds it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's proud of him. Yeah. He's just the wise black man that you know pops up in these stories to give advice to to young heroes. 
It's called the the Magical Negro. That's the name of the the, the term. For pe- if you watch The Outsider on HBO, which is a great show, I haven't watched it yet. But the character of Holly is is the Magical Negro. Okay, only she's a woman, so I guess it'll be a negress. I don't know. That's for you to say, and for me not to say anything. Um, I, my next note in Maze. I'm serious here. Okay, I need like I need you to take this. I'm serious. Travolta. I'm not saying he deserves the Oscar for this movie, but nomination consideration. Like he's acting his ass off for the choking scene. Yes. That whole scene and the reaction afterwards as the guards telling him he's, he's like, you know, he's proud of him and everything. Like he's just, he's in it. He is like, this is it. I just, I just have such a different (laughs) definition of what it is. The maid tells Hunter about the man in the yard. She's scared. She's shaking. And of course he kisses her. Because, I mean, why? Why would he kiss her? Okay, so this is what I said. I knew he was going to try to fuck from the moment I saw she was a hot housekeeper. Yeah. Like, housekeepers just aren't hot. Like, in real life, they're not sorry if your significant other is a housekeeper. It's, I'm not, it's an honorable profession. I'm just saying, like, they don't typically tend to be, like, super fucking hot. And this was a super fucking hot housekeeper. As soon as, like, I saw in that first scene, picking up the the envelope or whatever i was like oh no 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 no! <laughs> you're getting fucked by somebody definitely in this book they would not cast you otherwise yeah he's a douchebag she's telling them about a crazy man in his backyard and that shit didn't ring any bells like he hasn't encountered any crazy people in the last few right, days right. who costed him in an alley right. and also came to his house while he's with his kid i will say this there are some plot holes in this movie and then she says something on the lines of like we can't do this anymore and I put any more question yeah, marks. Yeah. And then I found out her name is Dora, which, by the way, you want to talk about lazy writing. They named <laughs> her Dora. Fredders named her Dora. <laughs> well, I was confused at one point when he started, like, when he was so close to her as she was shaking everything. I then asked, is this his wife? And then, no, it's definitely the maid. Well, that's what Moose thought as well. That's how deep in this movie you are, Zach. Right, exactly. In the mind maybe, of Moose. Maybe I am Moose at this point. Who's who's to know where the movie starts and where it ends? I don't know. It's 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 pretty deep. So Hunter then asks the gardener about it and says to let him know if he sees anything or he, or hears anything. Hunter then takes his kids somewhere while Moose is lurking in the yard. The gardener says, "Can I go home early because it's rainy out? I can't finish, but it's not raining." Yeah, <laughs> it's, really it's kind of the ultimate <laughs> ultimate get out of work card right there. You know, <laughs> Hunter might be too self involved to know if it's raining or not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he got it. I thought he was gonna bitch him out. And I did too. I did too. I got so nervous. Instead, he 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 turned into like a really like understanding boss, kind of a nice employer when he's not fucking the employees. You know, pretty much. I'm pretty sure the gardener feels a certain way about that as well. (laughs) All right, the gardener is gone. Uh, While the maid does some work outside, she picks up the the envelope in the yard. She starts to open it, and Moose, (laughs) who's lurking. Run! I mean, he Usain bolts his way, <laughs> yelling not to read it, and scares the ever-loving shit out of her. No, don't read it! No, don't read it! You gotta, you have to have that. You have to have that in the intro to the show. No, don't read it! The way he ran out and just oh my god, that, man! I laughed uh, so yeah. hard, man. No, don't read it! Don't read it! Don't read it! Don't read it! I put the, my next note is holy shit because I realized 
Moots out there committing homicide. Yeah, because uh, she starts hitting him repeatedly. With a piece of foam, by the way. He was told to fight back. He hits her in the nose. He Steven Seagal's her, uh, which causes her to fall and hit her head on that potted plant outside. And, uh, and she's gone. She's definitely dead. And he starts saying, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's a nosebleed. That, that's bad. That's bad. I had a nosebleed. It wasn't fun, but you you fix it. You take paper towels and you put it up your nose like... Then he gets distracted by wind chimes. She's dead in the yard. <laughs> that is great that he's distracted by wind chimes. And then realizes there's a house he can go in. So he waves his hand at the door, says there's no laser, no alarm. He says, I'm in Hunter Dunbar's house! Yes. I mean, he freaks the fuck out. He's taking selfies. He's looking at the wards that are laid out. And then, I mean, this is what I meant by earlier when he embodies moose. He grabs stray antlers. He puts them up yeah. to his head and says, moose. moose is in the house. I'm fucking dying at this point. I mean, I'm here's dying. Moosey. He's running around the house with him. Watch out, watch out. Here's Moosey. He then plays the piano horrifically. Oh, okay. and then you sing, you know, the, the song, you rock my head and you rocking my head. <laughs> yeah, I think he was trying to sing Great Balls of Fire. Was, yes, he was. And he so just much. goes way off Oh, track. my God. You rock my head and you rocking my head. Oh, he fucking remixed it. You rock my head and you rattle my head. You rock it, rock it, rock it like I go to bed. Then he's going through the fridge, said, all that money, no ice cream. This motherfucker just wants a milkshake. He does want a milkshake. I want a milkshake right now, too. He took a shit reading a script, says the script is bad and that Hunter shouldn't do it. (laughs) He's going through his meds for sleep. He smells his toothbrush and then uses his toothbrush. And I said, you know that toothbrush has probably seen some shit. (laughs) Well, no, this isn't Horrible Bosses, too, I mean. And and no, look. (laughs) You don't think Hunter Denbro eats ass? You're out of your fucking mind. 100% 100 eats eats ass. He's been there a while, by the way. Like, hours. He falls asleep! He's watching Hunter's camcorder of his old wife. Hunter's home now, and Moose is lurking in the dark in the other room. I mean, like like a fucking Scooby-Doo villain. Like, just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, He's hiding in the closet. Hunter doesn't see him as he's picking out a blazer to wear. Uh, he's watching Hunter on the phone. He hears Hunter say s- that some weirdo has been sneaking around the house. Hunter's having a conversation, uh, talking about how he's like, "Oh, I kissed, I kissed the maid again." I don't know why he did it. Yeah, yeah, he was very nonchalant. Yeah, I know why he did it. She, yeah. she's fine as fuck, bro. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> a power. You're in a position of power. That's well, why. No, no, no. There, there was a mutual attraction. What is she supposed to do? I mean. She's just trying to keep her job. Oh, come on, man. No, no. Get out of here. She wanted it. Oh, boy. Um, Hunter's having a conversation now with his kid about brushing his teeth and, like, listening to his mom and stuff. Meanwhile, Moose is under the bed. Yes, like a creep. Wow, he's a real mooster under the bed, I mean. Moose, mooster. Like a monster under the bed. What do you think his exit strategy was here? <laughs> Based on this actions, he's super nimble. He's, he's very really smooth. Yeah, he he's can find these shadows. He can get in the closet. He can get under the bed. He's unstoppable. Uh, now Hunter's asleep in the chair. Moose walks right up to him. I mean, right up to him. 
sees that he's taking the sleeping meds. He sits next to him. He's rocking back and forth. I mean, he's rocking. I mean, he's rocking in this chair back and forth. Um, he tries to take a selfie and he drops the phone on Hunter and scurries into the kitchen, but it doesn't wake Hunter up because he's knocked out. Yeah. And then my next note is, did he just take a selfie and kiss him on the forehead? I said he kissed that nigga, LOL. <laughs> He covers him with a blanket. He's kind of a caretaker if you ignore the stalkery stuff. Yeah, which is what all stalkers are. He's a fan. My next line is, never mind, he just touched his earlobe, and that's something a stalker would do. Touches his lip, touches his eyelid. And then he's really rocking back and forth. (laughs) I mean, how would you describe it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, he turns the TV on. Now we get a flashback, a black and white flashback of him as a kid watching TV while his mom's really kind of getting fingered in the background of that scene, right? Like, th- that guy's all over her. Of course his mom was, he grew up with a mom as a massive hoe. <laughs> and this is, and it's not because she's sleeping with some man that she clearly just met, ladies and gentlemen. You are free to exercise your sexual freedoms any way you can. But if you're getting it in with your kid right there, that's some other shit. That is, you are a hoe. And that is not gender specific. It can be either way, but either way, you are a fucking hoe. That's the only way you grow up like that. You grow up like that when your mom is a fucking hoe. He's watching Night of the Living Dead. And now my next note in all caps is, oh, fuck, it's morning. Moose fell asleep in the chair and the alarm is going off on the phone. Hunter Dunbar is a really deep sleeper. Well, he had the meds. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he had the meds. He had the sleeping meds, so he's out. Like a light? He gets out of there right before Hunter wakes up. His timing is impeccable. Now Hunter's driving his kid, plays Limp Biscuit for him. To which I wrote, really, Fred? You're a piece of shit. Gotta he, do it. Gotta, gotta do Gotta it. get that self-reference oh in there. Oh, God. He sees Moose walking down the road. He speeds up to him, then breaks right behind him. He gets out. He asks him what he's doing there. He calls him a stuttering fuck, which is rude. Says to stay away, never step foot in the neighborhood again. To which I then write, I mean, Devin Sawa? Kind of acting his ass off, too. Yeah, no, he does a great job. He does a great job. Makes Moose cry, calls him a stalker, to which Moose yells back, he's not a stalker. We have drawings again of Moose doing stuff. Like chalk drawings that are like yes. interludes, I guess. Um, he's back on the scooter. He's just kind of cruising Hollywood. There's a shot of a Scientology center in the background. I don't know if you caught that. Now we get a constable montage. Um, the scooter starts sparking and he crashes. Once again, asks, am I all right? Am I all right? Now he's yelling at Hunter Dunbar in the mirror as he fakes a confrontation, calls him Mr. Dummy Bar. And I put bars. <laughs> to which my next note. Did nobody find this maid dead in the yard yet? Oh, I was wondering that the whole time. Nobody. It's not like she was out of the way or anything. She was playing in the middle of the yard. I get it. Okay, it was nighttime when he got home. Maybe he didn't see it, but come on. Now uh, he's freaking out. He's saying it's a nightmare. He's going to light all of his uh, Hunter Dunbar memorabilia on fire. He's watching the movies and calling him a big fake. Says, you just pretend all day. That's all you do. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. He's got a point. Moose is really going through it, man. Leah comes to check on him. We find out that he posted the picture of him kissing Hunter Dunbar in his home on social media. <laughs> I love how they keep saying just social media. Yeah, we don't they know won't, they won't specify. <laughs> Fuck them. You know, Twitter doesn't want to sponsor this movie. Fuck them. Leah's his only follower. <laughs> 
He says not to show them to the police because uh, she threatens to do that. He says revenge is my middle name. That's a great line. Second of all, he lives in apartment M for Moose, not apartment five or or five M or like like just apartment M. And then third of all, when he opens the door, she says, "You look like shit." And I said, "He always looks like shit. How could you tell the difference?" At which point, I mentioned that this chick is awful. She is truly an wow. awful person. Wow. She's awful. She's horrible. She's so mean to him, and yet she gets his hopes up by giving him all this shit that is, like, not like, oh, here's, like, some memorabilia I found or whatever yeah. like that. Like, she gives him all this information that clearly an unbalanced person like him will not use that, like, goes, oh, that was really nice. Right. Know. Clearly he can't handle it, but I don't know if it makes yeah. her a bad person. I mean, like, makes her an awful person. She's awful. They're kind of hard to rein and in. She's clearly dangling the, you know what, in front of his. You know, oh, well, his see, snout. I didn't get that vibe at all, other than that Got one that brief the moment. Whole, wow, whole movie. I'm like, she's she's throwing it. Uh, she's threatening to cut him off. To which then he pushes her against the wall and yells that she's mean. He then blocks her from all social media and kicks her out and says she's no longer his BBF. And I said, what's a BBF? It says best boyfriend, but. She's his BBF, so I don't know. I put BBF equals big booty friend. <laughs> I mean, you had a very different take on their yeah, you, quote unquote you, relationship. You really I, feeling sexual I had tension? That no I idea why they were friends, why they were hanging out, why she's like forty years younger than him. Question: Do you think they fucked once and then she kind of realized what was going on with him? Yeah, I, that's what I think happened. But he doesn't know because, like, he got his dick wet once. And now it's like, oh, she loves me. Because I don't, of know, course I don't know if that's how he feels. She's an insanely poorly drawn character that doesn't belong in this movie. It's almost as inexplicable right. as Molly and Showgirls. Why yeah. does Moose have this friend? It's a doesn't question. make sense. Yeah. Uh, we get another drawing of Moose as we transi- transition to Hunter sleeping. It zooms out and there's a cloth in his mouth. He's tied up um, as he comes to. Moose is on the floor, and it looks like there's blood there. He's pretending to be dead, to which then Moose gets up, and he thinks it's hilarious. So this was an homage to... Misery. It's like taking the movie Misery and smearing it with dog shit. Wow. I was going to go like, it's like taking the movie Misery and then making it miserable. See, that that, that has a better play on words. Smearing it with dog shit is just like. Here's what I would say: It's like taking the movie Misery and moosing it the fuck up. Like this is moosery. <laughs> <laughs> Moose walks in like Jason Voorhees and stabs him. First, I thought it was a fake knife, and then he's actually bleeding. Yeah. So apparently, it was a real knife that he just didn't. He didn't really get the depth perception right. The follow through, the follow through, because he's just playing, but he still pushed it pretty hard. He says, "I fooled Hunter Dunbar. I'm such a good actor." Devin Sawa is perplexed. See that he's actually bleeding. Sawa says to let him go, to which then Moose replies, why are you so angry all the time? I should be the one angry with you. Uh, Hunter asks what's in the bag. He says to be patient. Then he pulls out a gas can and starts repeating Mr. Bond. He pours gas on him and Hunter's freaking out, to which then Moose says, it's just water. He's not going to burn the house down. How did Hunter not smell that it wasn't gas? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I can feel like if you're panicking in that moment, it's kind of like, you know, people who get awakened by someone wearing a clown mask and they freak out. And 
like your brain isn't just quite there yet to I guess. realize. Yeah, that's, yeah. I guess. He's saying Mr. Blonde because he's doing Reservoir Oh, I thought he said Mr. Bond. Oh, that makes so much no, more Mr. sense. Blonde, yeah. Stuck in the middle with you. He, that's it, yeah. Hunter apologizes for being mean, says he'll sign whatever he wants, offers him a dagger from a movie, to which Moose then responds with, what kind of moron do you think I am? Moose doesn't know what stalker means. Hunter says he holds the power in this relationship, that he's a fan, and he's nothing without him. See, he yeah. Repeats, yeah, he does say that in sort of those words. And then I say, Moose is about to beat off this, beat off to this you are a fan speech. <laughs> Moose wants him to repeat it. Hunter repeats it. Moose asks if he's hungry. Moose starts to rub his dick right there, like repeat it. City, she's slower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Moose asks if he's hungry. He says, you stay there. Don't move. Leah then voiceovers. Moose didn't just cross the line. He fucking nuked it. It's not good. It was unnecessary. Again, no, she's unnecessary. Yeah. She doesn't even narrate frequently enough. No, she doesn't. She just kind of cuts in. Maze, you're right. Like, she's poorly drawn in this movie. She doesn't narrate frequently enough for us to realize that she's the narrator. Every time it's a surprise, like, why the fuck is this bitch talking now? Like, oh, that's right. She's the narrator. Fred Durst couldn't come up with a third character for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's hallucinating about the book signing. He wants him to sign for him. Uh, now Moose is coming back in the room, repeating lines from Night of the Living Dead, to which my next note, is the maid still in the yard? Yeah, I wrote, has anyone found the dead housekeeper yet? <laughs> just, just checking in. Hunter doesn't know the lines that he's saying from Night of the Living Dead. Moose is perplexed. He tries to get him to taste something from the pit, from the fridge and puts his fingers in his mouth saying it's not sweet, it's not a treat. Uh, Hunter tries to reason with him and soften him up. Moose sits on the bed crying. Hunter promises not to hurt him or call the police if he lets him go. Says he'll sign whatever he wants the rest of his life. That's a lifetime guarantee. Moose doesn't like eBay, we find out. Yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. Much fake shit, I guess. Uh, Hunter calls him smart. Hunter's surprised at the name Moose, but he's rolling with it. Hunter says, uh, just don't hurt my kid, and that sets Moose off. He's offended, I mean. He's a good person. Why would you do that? Why, why would I hate your kid? Yeah, I agree. Hunter then starts telling him about actors using visualization and asks if he wants to try the technique with them. There's a noise that Moose makes when he lets out a deep breath. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. No. Go back and watch again. Hunter then tries to imagine the two of them, or says to imagine the two of them, they're going to change their dirty clothes, put on some fresh new duds and look spiffy. Then they're going to go out on the town. Moose wants to go to Musso and Frank's. Says he'll get a big bowl of ice cream. Moose wants strawberry. Moose is crying on Hunter's chest as Hunter says they'll watch some action films together. Moose says, I love you. Hunter is a good actor. The light also gets pink during this sequence. Yeah. And it kind of turns into a mini little dream sequence for Moose here. He convinces Moose to take a rope off one of the arms. Now Hunter frees himself, puts his hand out to shake his hand. They shake hands. And then Hunter headbutts Moose into fucking a new galaxy. <laughs> he crushes him. He takes a gun off the headboard and shoots Moose's fingers off his right hand. Then takes out a big fucking like crocodile Dundee knife out of the side table and starts cutting off the ropes around his legs and his feet. Moose is examining, having no fingers on his right hand. He's trying to crawl away down the stairs. The note I put was Hunter Dunbar is either a terrible short shot or the greatest marksman ever. Because he shot off just his fingers. Yeah. I think he's that good. I mean, he had weapons around his bed. Like, this dude's a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. So now... Yeah, this dude's a psychopath. Yeah. All Moose wanted was a fucking autograph, Maze. 
For real, man. If you just give him an autograph, we'd do it. Moose is trying to call, crawl away down the stairs. Hunter's free. He's got a shotgun. He kicks Moose down the stairs. Rude. Uh, he's kicking him in the ribs. He mocks him, saying he's nothing without Moose. Uh, he's shooting near Moose's ears, which gives him a ringing in the ears. Moose is just screaming in fear. Like, I felt so bad for Moose here. He must have been so scared. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's crying. Uh, Hunter goes to shoot him and, like, really shoot him, and he's out of bullets. So he pulls that knife out and stabs him in the fucking eye. So is that the collapsible knife or the bedside knife? That's the bedside knife. There was no collapsible knife. Yeah, that Moose used. Moose didn't use a collapsible knife. No, because it really stabbed Moose, him because he had, he had really blood stabbed marks. It. He, yeah. he drew blood, yeah. Okay, all right. I couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. Hunter is horrified. Like, after he stabs him in the eye, Moose is freaking out, obviously. He's in so much pain. He's so scared. Hunter's kind of horrified at what he's done, to which I wrote, I think he's going to jail. Moose is crying. Neither guy is really handling this well. Moose isn't handling it well. Hunter, like, seems to have regret instantly right there, right? Yeah, he knows he took it too far. He gets like a scarf or something and wraps up his hand, wraps up Moose's hand that's missing the fingers. He opens the door, lets him walk out, closes the door, and just sits there. Moose is bleeding all over Hollywood Boulevard as he walks away. Uh, There's blood on his new balances. These two foreigners come up thinking it's makeup, and they take a selfie with him. Leah's driving and sees him. What are the odds of that? I mean, have you ever seen anyone you know while while you're like in an Uber in, in L.A.? Just anyone, anyone on the street? Once. Who was it? Gene Hackman. You saw Gene Hackman? Yes. <laughs> All right. Then we get a shot of Dora, the maid, is definitely still in the yard. Because she's real fucking decomposing at this point. There's a knock on Hunter's door. It's the police. The gardener called the cops on Hunter. He's being arrested. Gardner gets his revenge for not working that day. <laughs> he fucked up his life, I mean. He really did destroy his life. Again, like, I feel like by the time we get to the station, what happened? Uh, There's this dude who had me captive, whatever, and I broke free, and then I shot him and stabbed him, but he he walked away, and I guess he killed my housekeeper, too. You gotta need a a better alibi than that. I don't have any history of, like, doing any of this shit. Does he have a history of violence? I don't know, but he's fucking the maid. Oh, so that's, that's illegal now? Motive. And she said she didn't want to do it anymore. Motive. Who else knew that she didn't want to maybe do it? Maybe the gardener heard it. it. Yeah, maybe the gardener heard it. Gardener knew all about that. You think they don't talk? Wow. They, huh? Okay. Yeah, the people working at his house. The help. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, the people working at his house, right? Do they have a secret language that they can speak that they can only, they understand, Zach? You want to you elaborate on that point? Lots of people speak Spanish. Oh, so people who work at a house clearly speak Spanish. They're not the only ones who speak Spanish, because lots of people do. But clearly, if they do work at a house in L.A., they speak Spanish. Is that what you're saying, Zach? No, those two people. How do you know they speak Spanish? They did it at some point in the movie. Did they? Didn't they? No, her name's Dora. Doesn't mean she speaks Spanish. It doesn't mean she doesn't speak Spanish. Why are you limiting what her uh, what her intelligence and her knowledge is? She might know eight languages, for all I know. Why are, why are you assuming both her and the gardener speak Spanish? And not, like... French. They could have spoken French. They could have spoken Mandarin. I don't know. But you went with Spanish, though. Well, it's a very common language in Southern California. Oh, it's the second. It's the second most common language. Yeah. Oh, common. Okay. You know, kind of like like English is the second most common uh. language in Quebec. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of maids and gardeners in Quebec speak English. I would guess so. Actually, we get a Leah voiceover, where she says, "I know, I know." 
Moose lost his hand and an eye. But he looked at it as a badge of honor. Moose is unreal. Wa- I mean, <laughs> unreal. There's <laughs> a, a silver line. Moose asks which star is on the ground. Leah says it's Louise Fletcher. Do you guys know who Louise Fletcher is? Yeah, the nurse from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, she says she's not a good nurse. Uh, there's a drawing of Leah and Moose. Moose is a pirate with an eye patch and a hook. Leah is an angel. Does this mean that Moose killed her in a, a fit of rage using his strength? His strength? <laughs> uh, to which to which he then says, I am not a stalker, and it reverberates, and then we roll the credits. That's the end of the movie. John Travolta is Moose. There's no Tony Medley. We can just go f- over file on this one. Let's do Golden Dumpster first. All right, let's do Golden Dumpster. Go ahead. I mean, it's between Travolta and, and Fred Durst. Is Golden Dumpster <laughs> good or bad? Good or bad. <laughs> I, it goes both ways. It could be either. Are we focusing on the gold or the dumpster? Which one I, was greater? I'm going to tell you <laughs> right now. I'm, I know who I, I'm giving the Golden Dumpster to. I'm giving it to my man, Mayor Goldie Wilson. Wow. <laughs> Why you let the boy do wow. that to you? Wow. Where's your Golden Dumpster going, Maze? Give me Fred Durst. Mine is the scene in which Moose is running around with the antlers and then plays the piano. <laughs> Yo, and by the way, we didn't even mention the scene where they're in the car and fucking Limp Biscuit is playing on the radio. We did mention that. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. You rock my head and you rocking my head. <laughs> All right, Cobra File. Let's go. Maze? I'll happily go first. Phobe. Big ass phobe. Fuck this movie. Fuck you guys. Fuck Moose. Fuck John Travolta. I'm sick of these John Travolta movies. God damn it. Uh, Amin, would you like to go or would you like me to go? I'll go. Okay. File. I laugh. This is exactly like now we've hit the sweet spot again of like the types of bad movies we're looking for. Coherent, right? With enough bad acting. Coherent? It is coherent. Yeah. Theodore Rex was not, or Teddy Rex, whatever it was called, was not coherent. Like, this was coherent. This I could understand and follow along, and I could laugh at, like, bad acting or bad dialogue, not, like, just gibberish. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to file on this one. It sounds like Maze just wants to break stuff, you know? But I think I'm rolling with Amin on this. Just one of those days, Zach. We're, Amin and I are in together now with this movie. This is a file, man. This is a file. This is a movie from my generation. I w- I've rearranged my entire life around this movie. I'll take a look around. Well, you know what, Zach? You can take that cookie and stick it in your yum. What? These are all Limp Biscuit songs. I mean, I know. Oh, Americas. Say, was that a line from the movie? <laughs> from the movie? I'm being 100% serious here, Maze. I will watch this movie anytime it's on. I completely enjoyed John Travolta's performance. It might be a highly offensive performance. I don't know. That's not my call. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what you do with that. I mean, but I was enthralled. I thought it was strong. (laughs) Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.